Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy, 85, filling in for D-Mart on the Amiibros podcast. It's only the uh, the two Amiibros podcast this week. Me and the boy Jay Dizzy. How you feeling, Jay Dizzy? Uh, I was about to throw out an old Kanye line about better than a Sunday afternoon, but hey, I'm feeling good, man. If you guys know, uh, maybe old school uh, late registration, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm ready to get into these yeah. picks. I'm ready to get into some of these topics. Let's get it rolling. I think um, the new Kanye said feeling better than some church on a Sunday afternoon. I think that's what he said. Okay, yeah, um, maybe so. Yeah, and. And and we're live. We're recording this a little later. This is a Thursday night, uh, so we're coming to you guys live on Friday morning. I just saw my boy Clayton Farrell just get a sack on Phillip Rivers. Congrats on your second sack of your career, young man. Many more to come. Let's it be- get it. it. Better be with Let's get into the top. Pick. I know. I know. I mean, we can't all be Nick Bosa. You know, sometimes it takes a second. You know, we'll we'll get there. We we'll get there. So let let's let's get in, into the actual topics. First and foremost, the college football playoff rankings came out this week. Um, no surprise that uh, Ohio State and LSU being the top two teams. Uh, after that, Alabama came in at three. Penn State came in at four. And the undefeated defending national champions, Clemson Tigers, came in at five. Jeremy, what's your reaction? Did they get it right? No, no, they didn't get it right. There is something to be said about... Respecting a champion. Jared knows I give him a hard time about Clemson all the time because Jared literally will talk about Clemson all day. Jared will tell you that some kid in the middle of Saskatchewan decided he was going to come down and play football at Clemson at defensive end. He's 6'4", 225, and runs a 4'3", 40, and he's signing now, but he's only in the eighth grade. Jared tells you so much stuff about Clemson that you get tired of hearing it. But at the end of the day, you have to respect what they what their program is about. Um, they're champions. If this ranking had come out the, directly the week after they lost or they'd uh, struggled with UNC, I'd have no issue with it. No, no, no. That's a Freudian slip. That, that was a Freudian slip. I, I came back to that. I mean, the perception is that Clemson lost to UNC. I said, I, I, I correct you. No, no, you I, know, I, I, no yeah. I, I agree. I know you did. I know. No, no, I'm not. I'm not debating. I'm telling you, the way though that you said it, and that like you just, uh, and Mo, it seems like people think that Clemson lost that game. Like that's the actual perception. They I, people don't like. It's like they don't realize that Clemson is still undefeated. Didn't win. go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're good. So yeah, if it happened after that week, I'd be, I'd be, I'd say okay. You know, it makes sense. Whatever. The thing I have is. They keep dropping every week as if they're continuing to struggle, as if they're not continuing to win games by 50 points. Like, at a certain point, we have to stop saying, okay, well, what about that UNC game? We got to because all the rest of the games are won by over 20 points. So, um, at the end of the day, I think Clemson should have been higher. Do I think it really matters? Not in the overall scheme of things because I don't think they're going to lose, and therefore they will definitely get in. But I think the committee was really just trying to send a message that if you lose, you will not get in. 
Um, I don't think they have anything to worry about, but especially with LSU playing in Alabama this week, um, you've also got Penn State playing against uh, Ohio State. So um, there's a lot of, you know, the the four above them are going to have to play each other, so they'll kind of knock each other out. But I don't like the way they're treating the champion. And I know people say, oh, it's a different year, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. There's some of the same players. There's the same coach. They're the same organization, the same program. Treat them as such. Jeremy, I, I, I can't I can't say how much I agree with you, but let me take this thing a step further. This is blatant disrespect, and Clemson is the only team that would be getting this disrespect. Let's, let's put this in perspective. Um, if Alabama had won 24 straight games and beaten Clemson in the, the championship game by 28 points and came out this year and played Ole Miss and won the game by one point, you think there's a chance Bama's at five. There's not. There's not There's not another program who consistently gets disrespected like Clemson does from a national perspective every year. And, Jerry, and the I, funny I, I thing is – I will say this, though. Jerry, overall, with Alabama, but, no. But i also going to take into consideration with Ohio State? that – that's what I was going to say. I don't know. Like, I think they give the respect to Alabama because they've been doing it for so long. I'm not sure if, if Ohio State came out and played Rutgers and won by a point that they would But UNC is not Rutgers. Like, like that, let's, let's change. Like, UNC is an average team in college, like an average Power 5 team. Like, I, I, I don't want to hear, like, like <laughs> Jeremy, put this in perspective. All right, so UNC uh, is, I believe, they, they just lost last week, so I believe they're – Four and five, I want to say. Yeah, four. And but five. if you look at their, they're four and five. If you look at their games, though, their five losses came to Clemson, Appalachian State, who has one loss, Wake Forest, who's ranked top twenty-five, has one loss. They lost to uh, Vir- Virginia Tech in double overtime, who just you know barely lost another name, and they lost to um, who's who's the team they just lost to this weekend? They lost um, to Virginia. Virginia by what three points? Seven. Seven. Like, North Carolina's not a bad – put this in perspective. Jared, Jared, you can also look at who were their wins against. Their wins, they beat South Carolina. They beat Miami. They beat South Carolina, they beat Miami. Both of those games were nail biters that they could have lost. Uh, And they beat Georgia Tech. But the the wins that – but here's – you said the same thing about some of the losses they actually had. They were were nail biters they could have won. I'm not telling you that North Carolina's a great team. But, like, to say Rutgers – they're not Rutgers. Rutgers is losing every game by 30 points. What I would say is if if they played – I'll give them a good example. If they played Indiana, and everybody said, oh, yeah. Indiana well, like 7-2. They're 7-2. You know who their wins are? They beat Eastern Illinois. They beat, uh, they beat uh, Ball State. They beat Rutgers. They beat Maryland, who's now awful. They beat um, – Okay, okay, I'll give you a better like, example. This is if this is if they play, lost by or they won by one point against Nebraska. Yes, I, I, I'm fine with that. And even though I think Nebraska is not good either, I mean Nebraska, I think this year is like three and six or something. But they're four and five. If they play Nebraska, oh, they four and five. Okay, so I'm, I'm cool with that. So if you said versus Nebraska, they had an off game and they ended up they won, but it was a close game. They wouldn't they wouldn't be fifth. But let, let's get into like the the reality of the situation. One. 
I just made a lot of money off of this ranking because I just bet a ton of money on Clemson versus NC State. I, guys, on the, on the weekend podcast, I give you guys college picks. But look, take Clemson minus 32 points versus NC State. They're going to win by a gazillion. Uh, secondly, they better take, take Minnesota versus Penn State. Penn State's losing this week. Everybody that is sleeping on Minnesota, I'm not telling you Minnesota's great. But I'm going to tell you this. P.J. Fleck is an elite head coach. He won a BCS bowl game with Central Michigan. They're seven. No, they're eight. No, they've won their last four games by at minimum 27 points versus Big Ten teams. They are a legitimate team. And if you look at Penn State's schedule, every team they've played this decent, it's been a touchdown game. And they're getting six and a half points. If you look at it, the game versus Pitt. So what I would advise, this, I would advise you buy that half point. You could, but here, here's what I would tell you. Put this in perspective. The committee, the, the committee chair uh, said Clemson was the only team out of the top five that had a game like that versus a team like North Carolina they could have lost. I'm guessing they didn't see Penn State play Pittsburgh. And in that game, they won by seven. In the last four minutes, Pitt had the ball on the one-yard line, first and goal. They didn't end up scoring. They tried to kick a field goal from the one and missed it for a 19-yard field goal, which is, in a, in a sense, you should, you, shouldn't, you should miss the field goal from the one-yard line because if you're down seven with three and a half minutes to go, Go for it from the one-yard line. Either way, that game, Pitt outgained Penn State yardage-wise, had more first downs, had a longer time of possession. That game, they got outplayed. Then Penn State played Iowa, who's not very good. Iowa's played two top 25 teams. They scored a combined 15 points. They beat Iowa 17-12. to Then they played Michigan. They got up big on Michigan, 21-0. Michigan stormed back, and the only reason it wasn't an overtime is because the receiver for Michigan dropped the ball wide open with nobody five within five yards of them on the last play of Michigan's regulation on offense. So look, whatever the the narrative is, hey, well, you know, you know, we'll we'll see and let this thing play out. You guys just created a monster, and I'm gonna do just like Richard Sherman, just like Richard Sherman. I want you guys to no, no, I don't want you guys to change your thoughts. I want you guys to keep the same energy. So when we go into the playoffs, I want that spread versus Ohio State or whoever we play. I want some favorable lines. So when Clemson must stomps everybody out by multiple double-digit games, I don't want to hear a thing because I've never seen a team win 24 straight games and not be in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, that is the life of a Clemson Tiger. But moving on, we talked about one of the games, Penn State versus Minnesota. Let's get into the main game this weekend, though. It is Alabama. It is LSU. It is in Tuscaloosa. Two is going to be playing. JDZ, who you got? What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Joe Burrow versus Tua. This may be a game for the number one pick in the draft and the Heisman. Who you got? I see this game being the absolute opposite of that 2000. Was it 2012 or 2013 when it was 9 6? 2011. Nobody, 2011, wow, that, seems, that was a long time ago. I guess so, because that was 2012 when Notre Dame lost to uh, Alabama. So, yeah, 2011, when it was 9-6, to six, this is going to be the polar opposite. I say first team to 50 wins. I'm going with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is really about to torch his Alabama defense. Um, he, they've got some good play callers. They've got some playmakers on the outside. I think they're going to be able to run up the score. And I don't think they have any answer for him. Joe Burrow, in my opinion, I can't remember who it was that said this. They're putting a lot on it. I don't know. I said I said I'd take him number one overall in the draft. 
whoever was on ESPN said Joe Burrow is Tom Brady. And I was like, yeah, I think it was da- I think it was Darren Orlovsky. Yeah, and I was like, that's I mean, you can't you can't say somebody like if a tennis player is coming out, I can't be like, oh yeah, that guy's Federer. Like what? Huh? Like you can't you can't say that. Yeah, hey, I mean, you're putting a lot like on a it. Prospect. You're putting a yeah. lot on it. As much as like a prospect, like Cole Anthony right now with uh, UNC. I hate UNC, but uh, he looks like the truth. I say he's a really good player. I'll say, yeah, he reminds me of Kyrie or a little more athletic Kyrie. He reminds me of. I think he's going to be a superstar, like you know, maybe Derrick Rose when he came out and and uh, Chris Paul. I'm not gonna be like, yep, next Jordan. Like you can't you can't say it. <laughs> so uh, overall, I think uh, Joe Burrow is gonna have a big game. I think it's kind of risky for them to bring Tua back this early. Um, I think it's risky to Alabama for the fact that had they lost this game without Tua, I think you could still make an argument that they'd probably still get into the tournament. If you lose at Tuscaloosa and Tua plays, yeah, you're not getting in. So they got a lot riding on this. Tua better be ready to play. He better play his game. Um, and I don't think it's going to matter. I think Joe Burrow is going to be too much for him. What you think, Jack? Jeremy, I'm getting a little frustrated because I feel like we're on this, like, twin groove. We're, like, we're starting to think alike. And I, I wanted to argue with your points. I can't argue with them. <laughs> Look, Joe Burrow. So, first off, I didn't realize Joe Burrow's dad was the defensive coordinator at Ohio um, for the last, like, four years. And um, he this year, I guess at the end of last season, he quit just so he could follow Joe around and go to every game. Um, one, that's awesome. Uh, so, he, so he you know that pretty his, well uh, financially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if you're a defensive coordinator at a school like even like like you look, you're looking at it and say Ohio, but Ohio isn't like the MAC. Like you're probably making four or five hundred thousand dollars a year. And if you're a D coordinator, you've probably been doing it for a long time. So I'm assuming he's good. And he probably just looked at it and was like, I mean, Joe's going to be in a first round pick this year. We're good. We're, we're, we're good. Hey, he's uh, even projected to be drafted before the season. I know. I, you know what had to happen? Like, I think he, he was like, he, his dad, his dad probably went to the spring game with some practices, taught some coaches. And they're like, um, your son, I mean, he's kind of out here looking like Tom Brady. And then he's like, you know what? Let me try to figure this out. What I, I think some of this may have been offseason. Dad is like, hey, look, let me spend – this is your senior year. Let's spend time. Let's break down film. Let's let's show you like from a defensive standpoint, this is how you can attack this defense, et cetera. Like, I'm sure that's probably happened. But here's where I think – I think the matchup boils down to this. Um, the teams are very similar. Uh, neither team's great on defense. Both teams have, have a an elite safety who's likely a first-round pick. And an elite cornerback. Um, Derek Stingley is the the number one cornerback at LSU. He is a true freshman. He is, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the country. Um, and then you have what's his uh, name again? The from a uh, Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Is he related to Daryl Stingley or no? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. But Derek Stingley, when I say like, put this in perspective. Uh, I was listening to one of the games, and I, I think it was um, Joe Tessitore, one of them, that said that he had the best ball skills. That somebody said he, one of the the coaches said he had the best ball skills he's ever seen. Um, and 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 I'm not sure, Jeremy. Did you see the interception he had versus Auburn at the end of that the first half? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Literally, he he plucks the ball out of the sky like it's nothing. And then on the other side, Alabama has 
Patrick Sertan Jr., who was the number one cornerback out of high school last year, was also a stud, uh, takes a little bit more risk. I don't think he's as good as Stingley, but very good player. And then both of them have an elite safety. Uh, Grant Delpit for LSU. Uh, and then for uh, Alabama, you got Travion Diggs, Stephon Diggs' little brother. Both are projected as first-round picks this year. Um, I think you look at the quarterbacks, both of them projected as top five picks. Both of them have a stable running backs. Both of them have a stable receivers. Alabama has the edge on receivers. Alabama has the edge on receivers versus basically everybody in the country. Um, but with that being said, I think Derek Stingley can actually match up with Jerry, Jerry Judy and limit him significantly. I don't think he's going to take him out of the game. Jerry Judy's a monster. He's, you know, you can clearly make the argument he's the best receiver in the country. Uh, but I, don't, I just don't see – if you look at this, right, in perspective, Alabama receivers are averaging on the season over 10 yards after catch as a team. Over 10 yards yak on the season as a team. And I think some of that has to go to the fact that they have played the 127th toughest schedule in college football in the country uh, based on record of their opponents. And so um, if you're looking at that, there's, I think, 130 teams in Division One football. <laughs> so they're, they've played – they're one of the only ones that played teams with just losing records on a consistent basis. So um, overall, I think what you got to look at is say this. I think LSU is going to be able to move the ball. I think Tua is going to be somewhat limited. And one of the things that I know is Tua has struggled versus big-time defenses and big-time games. I, I don't want to hate on Tua. I don't, like I said, I think Tua could be a good NFL quarterback. I'm not sure exactly how good, one, because of the frailty of his ankles, um, and two, because of his size and his stature. But if you look at it, last year Tua had 43 touchdowns and six interceptions. And the, teams he, and the games he didn't play versus teams that were top 10 defenses, he had 37 touchdowns, no picks. Versus LSU, Mississippi State, and Clemson, he had six interceptions. And I think those are – he had six touchdowns, six interceptions in those games. He's doing some, I think some that, Dak-like numbers, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, somebody put up a stat saying that Dak versus top five defenses in his career is like six and one and has a 105 quarterback rating. I was like, I, I need to see the breakdown of that because I don't believe it. Um, well, I know but, I, I know what, one he ain't beat. Uh, he went against uh, in New Orleans. I, that's what I was going to say. That the New Orleans – that and. Regardless of what they say from a, you know, his QBR was really good that game. No, it wasn't. It, it was awful that game, um, and but, that's the bottom line. But but yeah, if you take out the game he played against, if you take out the game he played against, the two games he played against the Giants, he's like one more touchdown interception for the season this year. Yeah, I, I think it's the the two games versus the Giants and the game versus the Redskins. I think it's like those three. I think no, and he's, he's like he's he's fifteen and eight, and he's got seven touchdowns, one interception against the Giants. I mean that's that's bad. I mean it's not Baker Mayfield bad, but that's bad. Um, one thing I want to do, and because we're not going to talk on Baker, but I did hear a stat this week. There's some advanced analytics that tell you um, everything you need to know um, about Baker Mayfield, and this one came out and it was startling. Baker Mayfield has the lowest passer rating in the NFL when not pressured, <laughs> like. So like that, that right there, like I, you can blame whoever you want to blame. Whenever you have the worst passer rating in the NFL, among on plays where you're not pressured, and if you looked at the bot, like the bottom five, it was, it was uh, Baker, Trubisky, Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, 
And um, who was the fifth? Um, it wasn't Jameis. It was somebody like Jameis, though, that you were just let, like, Let oh. me go through my head. It, it wouldn't be Mariota. Uh, it would be quick, – quick. give me give me half a second. Um, is it Jimmy G? No, no. So Jimmy G, because you got to think about it. Jimmy G is not seeing pressure all, all season. So um, – <laughs> he gets if his good games will pull it up. Um, yeah. I know who it was Andy Dalton. I was just I was about to say Andy, Andy Dalton a second ago. <laughs> yep, Andy Dalton was who it was. So at the end of the day, like that that's that's bad quarterbacking, and, and I'm not saying two is do, doing that bad, but like I think that's the thing that's going to get to him. I think the close game. I think Tua throws a costly interception. He gets he gambles on a throw that he thinks he can make. Uh, I think that's that's gonna be the the detriment of the game. I got LSU winning by seven. But JDZ, let's get into some pro football. Uh, one of the things that let, let's let's talk about is this, and uh, I know we we've, we've kind of stated this, but you know there was some talk. You know, oh, look at the Patriots' defense. Are they the greatest defense of all time? They're only allowing seven points per game. They've allowed four touchdowns. And their defense and special teams have scored five touchdowns. And there was somebody on here. Um, it wasn't it wasn't me, but one of us too, who said the Patriots aren't that good. They've played absolutely nobody. Now I said, look, man, they're. I, I think they're they're still very very good. Like I can't take anything away from them. But you were very strong on. I think they're gonna. I think you you picked them to, to lose to the Ravens, correct? No, I actually picked the Patriots to win. But it was because I saw what the Browns did to the Ravens. I still didn't believe in the Ravens. I was still saying I didn't think they were good. I just yes. thought it would be the Texans or the Chiefs or one of those other teams that they played yeah. this year that would have exposed them. Well, it was Lamar Jackson, and it was the Ravens, <laughs> and it was a beatdown of epic proportion. Um, look, it's very rare you look at a team and you say, all right, the Patriots look like they don't have it. Like They just look like they're man for man. They can't match up. And that's what happened. Um, I think Stephon Gilmore obviously is an elite cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But when you got Lamar Jackson running around and then you got Stephon mashed up on Hollywood Brown, it's just too much time to try to guard a dude that runs 4-2. And uh, you have Nick Boyle, who somehow they just uh, kept forgetting to guard. Uh, you had Andrews, who made a phenomenal play um, on a, a crucial third down. And the Patriots lose the game 37-20. to Jeremy, what's your reaction? Is this a big deal, no big deal? Is it a bad matchup? Or is this something that we should look forward to seeing coming forward? You know, this weekend had me thinking. I was thinking about movies, you know, watching uh, the Packers game and watching the 49ers game on Thursday night where they uh, struggled mightily with the Cardinals and watching this Patriots game. You know what movie came to mind? Do you guys remember, I don't know, loving basketball? When uh, they first got to USC and uh, Quincy and Monica are sitting on the lawn. And uh, Quincy tells Monica, out of all these girls out here, you're the only one that's real. And that's exactly (laughs) what I thought about. Out of all these NFL teams out there, the Saints are the only one that's real right now. Because the Patriots are fraudulent, the Packers are fraudulent, <laughs> and the 49ers are fraudulent as well. 
I'm I'm starting to be, agree with Jared. Maybe the Texans are coming out of the AFC. I don't know. I like Jared. Jared last week said <laughs> I don't think they can make it. You know, you know look, Deshaun against this defense. Oh no, he 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 can he can make some things happen. I'm not so sure this defense or this offense for the Patriots can score points against them. We already saw they can beat the the Chiefs. Who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it'll be a Lamar and, and Deshaun matchup in the AFC Championship game. But I believe the Patriots have been exposed. So this is what I will say. If you look at the game, the Texas game this week, I did get more confidence in our ability to actually play defense without J.J. Watt. I think one of the uh, the major downfalls I saw was uh, Gardner Minshew, we, we forced him to a lot of turnovers, but he did a lot of scrambling. So that's that concerns and, me and, with our ability. And even though he's young, Garner is not prone to turnovers. No, he's not. But he did a lot of scrambling on our end, and and he got some yards, extended some plays. But the the positive is this: Garyon Conley, uh, our our pick, he had a great game. He got target first. He got targeted thirteen times. He allowed five catches on thirteen targets, uh, forty three uh, passer rating, and I think he said he contested five balls. I think he he had uh, pass breakups or uh, contested five balls. So he had a great. So but good for him. Was, that, he, was he guarding? Uh... Um, he was the number one. He was. He uh, was the number uh, one cornerback. DJ Chark. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I could have. I was wondering who's guarding him because I had him playing in fantasy and he didn't do anything. I was very disappointed. Same so. here. Same here in a oh. different league. So, uh, uh, I, I think this. This is what I looked at. Does, is this something that can't be fixed? No, I can't say that because I think there were opportunities for the Patriots to put something together. Do I think this is something that will get fixed? No. I think there was a big thing that was exposed this weekend. And it wasn't that, oh, Lamar Jackson is the MVP. Because, guys, can we please get off that yet? I mean, guys, I like I like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is great. But are we just going to ignore the entire rest of the season? Really, it should be Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. If you want to say Russell Wilson, I'm fine with what Russell Wilson winning right now. But, like, and Lamar's been great. But like, can we, are we going to? You can throw. You can maybe throw Christian McCaffrey in there with him, and we can throw McCaffrey in there. I agree, but it seems like every McCaffrey run is a gap, and then he's like, it's not yeah. like he's made a cut. Like, like he's on, he's touch- on pace to be right around Chris Johnson's yards from scrimmage. I think he's on pace for like twenty four ninety five, and Chris Johnson got like twenty five oh two or something. So yeah, I mean, like he, if he breaks Chris Johnson's record, it's gonna be. I'm not saying he will get it, but he's gonna have a lot of votes. Yeah, but here's the thing. When Chris Chris Johnson did that, Chris Johnson um now I I agree what w- why, but when Chris Johnson did that, uh he didn't get one MVP vote. Um, I thought he maybe he won offensive he, player of the year, didn't he? He didn't win. The- he went off they they gave him the offensive player of the year as the consolation. Okay. Um but if you look at Lamar Jackson, everybody that's telling me oh he should be the MVP. Uh are we going to forget he didn't play well versus the Chiefs. He played awful versus the Browns. He was the reason why they lost. Uh, with three interceptions versus the Steelers, he had two interceptions. And he didn't terrible. throw well versus the Chiefs, but he made some of the most jaw dropping plays I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, but they, but like a couple, like all right, I throw a, a, a random high hail mary jump ball on fourth down, and they and my player out jumps the people and, and makes the catch. Like I'm like I'm not gonna give you credit for you throwing this like moon ball. Like for instance, Pat Mahomes versus the Texans on he he had a free play and literally. He just threw it. He he threw a ball, and Tyreek Hill jumped over two safeties and pulled it in. It was he like, he out jumped somebody else the other day too. 
I'm like I'll keep looking at Tyreek Hill going. This guy <laughs> is some kind of uh I don't know, cyborg or something that you can out like he literally ran down a teammate who was 15 yards in front of him in about 15 yards. <laughs> and he's out jumping people. Jeremy, did, did you see hear what the, what the teammate said though? What he said? Did did you hear he he said he said the entire time I was running, I was looking at the jumbotron. So I saw him running me down. He said that's why I looked to my left because on the jumbo it looks like he's running. He's on the other side. So when I then I looked back the other side, I almost dropped the ball because I knew he was running up behind me. He's like, I was like, man, don't ever embarrass me like that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. But and, and uh, the funny thing is, is I saw I was listening to something. Uh, I want to say it was like Left Coast podcast or something. They were talking about how he asked a lot of NFL players, like you know, uh, that have played with Tyreek. Like, yeah, are you? Are, could you beat Tyreek in a race? And they all are like insulted, like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even I mean, Sammy Watkins is an elite. Uh, he has elite speed. And even Sammy Watkins during the offseason, they asked him about could he beat Tyreek Hill, and he said, "I mean, I'm fast, but Tyreek is a different kind of fast." Yeah. Um. But but to to get into to Lamar Jackson and the Patriots and kind of um. What I see, I mean, and even the game where they beat the Seahawks, Lamar as a runner is amazing. But Lamar in that game was nine of twenty passing. Like I think Lamar, he's going to need some development passing, but they're utilizing his legs extensively. And that guy might be, and I might even take the might be. He's the greatest runner as a quarterback we've ever seen. Um, I mean, even more than Michael Vick because he's bigger, he's stronger, he's able to take more punishment, and he's he's elusive. I mean, there's some holes he just takes off, and you're just like. You're like, there's no way he he beats two linebackers through that hole, and he does. And I think the biggest matchup problem and the biggest thing that you're going to see from the Patriots moving forward is their linebackers are slow. They they do not cover well versus tight ends. And if you can, if you have a quarterback that can extend a play, they don't like to cover for very long. And so what happened was, same thing is going to try. They're going to try to do versus Deshaun, and then try to do versus Patrick Mahomes, and try to do versus Dak and Wentz, and it'll probably work versus Dak and Wentz because I don't. I don't believe in them a ton. Um, but the same thing they, they did is they blitzed and went cover zero. They did a lot of things that, like they did with Darnold to try to get quick pressure because those linebackers, Jamie Collins is a big linebacker. Kyle Van Noy is a big linebacker. And when they match up versus quick tight ends, it is a tough matchup. So when they're going to have to go versus a Travis Kelsey versus the Texans right now, Darren Fells is balling. I'm not sure if people realize Darren Phillips has the most t- touchdowns in the NFL for a tight end. He's got six touchdowns on the season. Um, and in reality, uh, we should be getting Jordan Thomas back. He's our number one tight end and has been on IR since the beginning of the season. Um, but I think when he, he has some of those matchups, it's going to be tough. Um, so I think ultimately the Patriots are in trouble. I think this is a bad matchup. I do think the Ravens are going to lose next week. Uh, not this week, but next week to the Texans. Uh, so I don't, I don't believe by the stock that the, the Ravens are now the, you know, oh, they're going to come out of the AFC. I don't believe that. But I think this matchup was an indicator of what you're going to see moving forward, which is Tom Brady's going to have to start winning games and not doing like the beginning of the season where he just coasted along on the ride. Um, Jeremy, I agree with you. When you look at the Saints, Saints look like the best team in the NFL. I don't think the 49ers are frauds, but I do think the the classic quote of, you're the only one here that's real. It is applicable to most <laughs> yeah. of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So uh, about the the Patriots in general, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like in the next few weeks with all the running quarterbacks that they face. Um, because they do face, they did just face Lamar. 
who creates problems with his legs. Obviously, Deshaun is going to do the same thing. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to do the same thing. You've got who? Uh, who else do they have this? Who Wentz, they have this week? Wentz and Dak. Yeah, they got so Wentz it's, and they're Dak. They're on by this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're on a bye this week. So it was. Uh, that's why you kind of feel bad for the for the Eagles. Yeah, went, um, they're on a bye too, though. So I'm I'm not giving. They them. are. They are. But but here's but, here's, but you're gonna have. Here's the big thing say, about the, those the matchup, Jeremy. Uh-huh. Just just gotta give you that in, in order. It's Lamar by then Wentz, Dak, Deshaun, Mahomes. Okay. And the, the thing about the Patriots linebackers is that they Bill Belichick generally likes big linebackers. And the reason why he likes big linebackers is, is when he blitzes with a linebacker and you try to pick him up with a running back, it's very tough for most running backs to pick up a guy that's 6'3", 260 pounds, running full speed at them, and them having to take the, that, running back, that linebacker down before he gets to the quarterback. That's generally how he likes to build his defenses. But if you get a run quarterback, who can hop out the window on you, and you get and you get that linebacker out of position, then hey, you've got bigger issues. And I think that's what you're going to see some up um, going forward. I can see Dak giving him some problems with his legs. Wentz not as much. I don't think he's going to run as much. Um, but uh, Doug, I think that's going to be that. Not only are they coming off a loss, not only do they have a bye, but it's against a team that that put up 42 points in you in the Super Bowl last time you played. Oh yeah, that game could get really ugly. Um, but I'll- and and then wrote a book about this is what you need to do to win championships and how our organization is better than the Patriots. Oh, organization. oh yeah, and um, don't forget Jason Kelsey and uh, and or not Jason Lane, Lane Johnson and his uh, yep. talk about how the Patriots organization and doesn't have fun and use other ways to win all that stuff. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. Um, but yeah, I think some of these running quarterbacks might give them some problems. Yep, yep. Well, Jeremy. There are um, there are two things that uh, the Lakers and the Sun have in problem have in common. You know what those two things are? Uh, when you look up, they're right there. The Lakers are at the top. The Suns at the top, and the Suns are at the top. Surprisingly, almost uh, the Lakers are leading the NBA with a six and one record. They're the number one record in the NBA, the number one team in the Western Conference and the NBA. Jeremy, I thought you were going to say that, it, that the thing they had in common is if you wait long enough, they're going to go down. And then come back up. <laughs> um, so, Jeremy, Lakers are, 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 are 6-1 in their first seven games. After that initial loss to, to the Clippers, they've won six straight. Is this a big deal or not a big deal? <sighs> Excuse me. Um, what was the question again? This is not a big deal. <laughs> the Lakers are being the Lakers, first off. They're playing good basketball. The one thing I would give them credit for that I was shocked about was how well they played on defense. They're the number one defense in basketball as of right now, and that is not expected from my behalf. So I give them the credit for that. I give LeBron credit for, for giving the effort on the defensive end, which is – why when last year everybody was like, oh, well, LeBron, he's, he's just too too deep in the 16th season to actually play defense. No, nah, he just wasn't trying. Um, so I'll give them credit for that. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like when they play against championship contenders. Let me see them against the Bucks or the uh, 76ers or the Clippers or even like Houston or Denver. Uh, I, I just don't think any of these teams that they've played so far are real contenders. Um, Utah's a solid team. 
They beat Utah. The, the game score looked a lot closer than it was. Um, the Mavericks, I think, are going to be a good team this year. Uh, they could have very easily lost that game and probably should have if they called an offensive foul on Dwight Howard for grabbing uh, Seth Curry when he ran out to play defense. Um, and just looking at some of those other games they struggle with, I mean, they shouldn't really be struggling with the Bulls, who are uh, a terrible team. But overall, it's, it's a good thing for them to come back and win those games. I think they've got a deep roster. I think Rob Palinka did an excellent job of filling the roster in around them. Um, and, you know, with some of the new people that are going to be coming back, uh, Ray John Rondo throwing back into the mix. Kuzma is going to start getting more minutes. Uh, I'm interested to see how the rotations go from there because as of right now, they're almost set and defined. Um, but when you start adding more and more bodies, that's when you start to have to um, have questions about how things are going to go. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But overall, I've been impressed. Not as much as uh, the national media has, though. So um, 6-1 is still only two weeks in. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'm going to tell you what, what this means. Is this a big deal or not a big deal? Of course it's a huge deal. Let me tell you why it's a huge deal. One, you start off right now at the beginning of your schedule, you got to put something together. you got to be able to, to, to string along some wins because the Lakers, at the beginning part of their schedule – they have a light schedule at the beginning. I can't, I can't deny it. Um, and so when you look at it, uh, you have a schedule where – and is that is that Cleveland Farrell with his second sack? Yes, it is. Eat, young man. Eat, young man. The Raiders, Cleveland Farrell from Clemson just gets the second sack of the game. And me and Jeremy both have money on the Raiders, so um, feeling pretty excited about that. But we'll see how that turns out on the podcast uh, at the end of it. Anyway um, – so at the beginning of the schedule, there's a lot of games that should be won. Obviously, the Bulls should be won. The, the Hornets, there's a lot of those games. Sprinkled in, there are some teams that we didn't expect to be good that are actually good. Miami's 5-2. and two. We play them tomorrow. Um, yeah, teams like the Suns, who are all of a sudden just beating everybody. I don't know. I don't get what's up with that. Devin Booker finally was like, hey, let me get some help. Um, so um, with that being said, uh, you got a lot of – a lot of games that you, you're going to have down the road where you're going to need to put together some wins. So I think that's important. But secondly, I love the way the chemistry is on the team. If you're starting to look around and you're like, all right, well, chemistry-wise, Anthony Davis is getting a lot of touches, even though he's played well in some games. But, I mean, that Chicago game he played awful. Like, he went out in Chicago ahead of time. It's a big game um, for him. What do you expect from him in big games? Uh, don't don't start. Don't start. Danny Green's been balling out. He, I mean – I know he played with LeBron in Cleveland for a season, um, so I think he's he's got some some um, not camaraderie, but some um, cohesiveness. I don't know cohesiveness. There we go. Build up with with LeBron, uh, so I think that's good. Uh, but outside of that, outside of that cohesiveness, you got a lot of players in that lineup who are playing well. Quinn Cook is, is shooting balls extremely well, coming off screens. Um, you got Dwight Howard, who's a revelation right now. Looks like not old Dwight Howard, but um, he looks he looks closer to the older Ray Howard than the recent the right Howard. Um, so I think I think the team looks really good. I think they look really focused. I agree with you that defensive rating, uh, the fact that LeBron is right now the I think top three in defensive rating as a player right now amongst qualified players shows uh, how hard he's focusing it on defense. I think it hel- it helps that he's not had to um, to be the primary and only scorer on the team. I think it's good that he's had the ability to be able to facilitate. He's leading the NBA in assists. I think this is going to be something that you see moving forward. And ultimately, I think the Lakers are going to win the title, as I said beforehand. Let's get it. 
well, you guys got to worry about the guy who's resting in the regular season games. He's going to be back in the playoffs. <laughs> well, 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 Jeremy, I announced last week. I said, you went up on me on the picks, and I said, we'll give it a week, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you were plus 200 after last week. I was even on the season after last week. And, Jeremy, you went, I believe, one and four? Yes, I went one and four. So you're you're down to minus four hundred dollars on the season. I went four and one for your boys. Uh, outside the Patriots pick, that was the only one I had wrong. Uh, that got us back to plus six hundred on the season. So Jay Deasy, we we opened up a little bit of a sizable gap, but it's nothing that one week's one week of bad picks for me and one week of good weeks uh, picks for you couldn't get getting straightened out. Uh, but so so, do you want to talk about your last week's picks or you want to get into to this week's? I'll do a little bit of both. Uh, the picks I I made last week were picks of consistency. Generally, I don't like to bet on teams that are wishy-washy. I like to bet on teams that are consistently one way. So my picks are generally teams that are really bad. I bet against them. Teams that are really that have been really good. I bet for them, and that went the absolute wrong way. How the Packers. Lost to the Chargers, and they only had to cover four and a half points is beyond me. Um, I lost that game. Um, how the Vikings can't cover four points against the uh, against the Char- the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. How Dalvin Cook couldn't get any rushing yards. That's beyond me. Uh, obviously, the Patriots game was one that was shocking to me. And the Dolphins, of all teams, decided to get a win. Like, I mean, if you bet against the Dolphins, how do you how do you lose that? Um, so overall, I was shocked with those four games. Um, the last game, the only game I won was the uh, the game against the Cowboys against the Giants. We were able to get that get that win under the belt, so um, was glad for that. So a little rough week, but if you notice, I'd been up the last three or four weeks in a row. So uh, just one. You do a bad one, huh? So you're do a bad week, actually. Yeah, three yeah, straight wins. Yeah, so positive. Yeah, and and just because I'm do a bad or do a do a bad one, now I'm do a good one. Um, I've got a lot of money on games this week, so let's get into those games. My opinion bets this week: I have the Raiders minus one and or plus one and a half against the Chargers. Uh, for two hundred dollars, book it. I have the Buffalo Bills, plus three points. Who are they playing? Oh, the Browns. Yeah, give me that. Book it. I have the Saints, minus 13 points. Who are they playing? The Atlanta Falcons. Book it. I've got the <laughs> Detroit Lions, plus two and a half. What are they, who are they playing? Oh, they're at Mr. Trubisky. Book it. And lastly, <laughs> I've got Seattle. The line is, uh, is plus six and a half. I actually went on to bet it uh, up to seven on my on my normal pick, but I was going to do it for six and a half for you guys. If you are, just a little little piece of advice, if you're actually doing a bet, pay pay the it's normally minus one ten at six and a half. Go to minus one thirty five and get it to seven. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's worth it. So, um, but for this podcast sake, I'll say six and a half. Uh, bet it. I think they're actually going to win that game, um, but. Just like in the Florida game, they got robbed a little bit against Georgia. Um, I bet that game, paid a little extra, got it from six and a half to seven. The seven became a push. One of the guys that was with me 
put a lot of money on six and a half, and he was quite upset. <laughs> so, um, games last week I bet on. I told you guys I thought the Texans would would play extremely well versus the Jaguars. They did. Um, they covered the one and a half points. They ended up winning by 23. Uh, the other games I bet, I bet the, the Panthers versus the Titans, they were giving – I think they were given three and a half points. I told you to take them versus the Titans. They won by 10. Uh, the other games, um, I had the Eagles covering versus the Bears. They 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 covered and won by eight. Um, I said the Raiders were going to cover versus the Lions. Uh, and the Raiders were, I want to say they were three-point favorites um, at the time. And they won by 10. I'm sorry, they won by seven uh, versus the Lions. And then the last one was obviously I had the Patriots over the Ravens. That was the one miss. So this week I feel very good about my picks. Um, Jeremy, I'm going to agree with you on a few of these. So let's get into it. Uh, first pick I'm going to make, Saints versus the Falcons. Falcons are awful, um, and the Saints have covered like five or six straight games. I'm going to take the Saints to cover the 13 and a half points. Um, actually, Jeremy, they've, they've covered – yeah, they cover six straight, six straight games. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take the Saints to cover the 13 and a half points versus the Falcons. I don't think that two touchdowns is gonna be much. And even coming off a bye, that defense is trash, and the Saints don't take kindly to the Falcons. So I got that game being a blowout. Next game, I don't even get this at all. I'm taking the Dolphins plus eleven points versus the Colts. In all likelihood, I'm going to get the Colts with Brian Hoyer going versus the Dolphins. I told Jeremy two weeks ago, I said, look, and what, two weeks ago, my pick was the Dolphins versus Steelers. I said, the Dolphins are playing hard. They are one of the only teams that that sucks that doesn't want to suck as players and coaches in that organization. And I think they may have beaten the Steelers if it would not have been for the dumbest cover zero blitz with 43 seconds to go on the clock, whether <laughs> Xavier and Howard and the other quarterback follow the wrong guy. Um so well, everybody knows I you, think run cover, you run on third and 20 on, with 40 seconds left. You run cover zero blitzes. Everybody knows that. I know, exactly. In Pittsburgh, where you don't have a very good chance of making a long-range field goal. Everybody does that. Uh, but so I, I think the Dolphins are going to play hard. And if you're looking at it, the Colts with Brian Hoyer aren't that tough. I mean, if I told you right now, all right, Colts without Brian Hoyer, who's a better quarterback, I'd take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Brian Hoyer. Um, so then you start to get to the point of it's – you still got to deal with, okay, Colts offensive line and Marlon Marlon Mack running against the Dolphins offense or defensive line. Yes, I agree, but the Dolphins defensive line is not bad against the run. And you look at the fact that the the they're going to be able to stack the box because Ty Hilton's out for the next couple weeks. I think that's going to be a much closer game than people think. I think the Colts will probably win it by seven. But if I'm getting eleven points, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Dolphins there. Um, next on top of that. I get to go with the uh, the Vikings minus or plus three points versus the Cowboys. I think the Vikings are a better team. Uh, the only thing that, that makes me dissuade me from this is it's Kirk Cousins at a night game. But hey, I, think, I think they're gonna... time doesn't dissuade you. That's the only reason. I, yes, I, I would pick the Vikings in any other scenario. My thought is they'll probably stop Dalvin Cook, and we all know what Kirk Cousins looks like when they stop Dalvin Cook. Yeah, here's the thing though. I don't know if they can stop Dalvin Cook, so I, I think the Ultimately, I think they're going to be able to, to run the ball, control the clock, and I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I, I watched that whole game versus the Giants this week. I think the Giants could have won that game. Like If they could have converted some of these those possessions where they had the ball inside the red zone, I think they would have won the game. I'm going to go with the Vikings to win that game straight up, but if I'm getting three points, cool. Um, the other two games I have, 
I'm going to go with the Bills plus three versus the Browns, like you said. But look, that line almost scares me because it seems too stupid. I get the 10 to 7 and 2 uh, right now, or 6 and 2. 6 and 2 versus the team that's 2 and 6, and I'm getting points. Uh, Kareem Hunt's back. I get that. But I get the Bills, and I'm getting points versus the Browns. I'm going to take it. Lastly, I got the 49ers covering six points versus the Seahawks. I know you might, oh, they're overrated. I think the Seahawks are overrated. And I'm rooting against the Seahawks for the rest of the season, as I said, because of the fact that they lost me all that money versus the 49ers, and I expect them to repay me back with this game. Let's go. Oh, this is going to be thoughts. I I think that line is is craziness. Um, I think they're giving way too much credit to the 49ers. I mean, the only decent team that they've I mean, if you look at their games, who they've beaten by a lot of points. They've beaten the Bengals, the Panthers. Um, who else would have they beat by a lot of points? They've, they've essentially played the gauntlet of the worst quarterbacks in football. Now they're going against one of the best quarterbacks in football in Russell Wilson. Um, so I don't I don't think they're going to cover that. A um, couple of things that scare me, Kirk Cousins. I actually think the Vikings are going to win the game. I'm just scared to bet on Kirk Cousins. So um, I think you'll probably win. Still scary. Um, obviously, Saints and uh, Bills, we got the same. And what was the last game? Oh, the Colts versus uh, the Dolphins. I think you'll probably cover, but that's still scary. So, uh, in my opinion, you could go 5-0 and or you could lose those two. But other than that, I think everything else seems pretty good. Nice, nice. Well, I I think we've reached this this point. You got any, uh, any other thing you want to get into? Any other uh, closing remarks you'd like to make? Um, yes, yes. Um, I'd like to... Talk to the Pelicans training staff and figure out what is going on. I saw Lonzo Ball catch leg cramps and trip on his own feet twice in a game and go out with leg cramps 21 minutes into the game. I need to know what the training what the training regimen is. I need to know what kind of uh, fluids they're getting in their system. Are they getting electrolytes? Or, or if it's Gatorade, they need to go to Powerade. If it's Powerade, they need to go to Gatorade because I know <laughs> – there's no reason for a professional athlete to be cramping in 21 minutes, um, especially playing hey, indoors. Hey, Jeremy, 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 different part. There's no reason for a professional athlete to be cramping in 21 minutes at 21 years yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> or 22, however. And as, many, is, but yeah. and as many times as I've uh, – as many times as I've cramped, I've never uh, – I've never – Almost fallen. Yeah, like tripped over my own feet. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that point. Um, one thing I do want to I, I do want to uh, state, and I'm I'm really really um, this is going to be kind of a little bit off topic, but I want everybody to start. At, if you have a chance, sit down. Uh, Byron Allen is the founder of the Grio. Um, he has um, a federal lawsuit going on versus Comcast and versus Charter. Um, I didn't re- I hadn't really looked into this. Jeremy, have, have you seen the video when he was on uh, the Breakfast Club this week? Uh no. So ultimately, this is what's going on, and I didn't realize this was going on. So basically, what happened? Was, I've read a lot on the case. Basically, I just haven't. Uh, I didn't see the interview. Yeah. So, and maybe you may have known all this, but what what happened for me? He he sued Comcast and Charter, Charter for ten billion, and uh, Comcast for twenty billion for discrimination uh, based on race uh, because they had zero. Uh, None of them had any contracts with African-American uh, broadcast companies at all. 
Um, there was some reportedly um, one of the employees said, we're not trying to create any more Bob Johnson's. Um, but he won that in the ninth, ninth circuit court and it's going to the Supreme court because Comcast and charter pushed it, but they pushed it to the Supreme court and the Supreme court said, Hey, we're not even going to hear this except this is what Comcast and charter is actually going, going for. So there is the civil rights act of 1866. Um, and I'm not going to give you guys a long history lesson. I think this is just good information for any of the listeners. Uh, the, the civil rights act of 1866 was put in place after slavery was because the slaves were freed in 1865. And what it did was essentially allowed, um, they, they weren't obviously going to give reciprocity to the slaves and say, Hey, here's your 40 acres and a mule. Here is your, you know, payment for all the work you've done. So what they did was they put in a civil rights act at that point in time that said, you will not be discriminated against in government contracts and in, in collusion cases. And essentially what Comcast and Charter are trying to take this to the Supreme Court and say is that if we discriminated against you because of race, but it's not a hundred percent due to race, if I can say 99% of it was due to race, but 1% of it was due to the fact that I didn't like your tennis shoes, then we should still be able to discriminate against you based on that race. And it, as long as you can, we can prove it's not a hundred percent. Well, then it essentially negates that entire law that's been in place since 1865 that protects people of color against discrimination, because at, how can you prove that everything is a hundred percent anything? Right. Um, and, and so at the end of the day, they're essentially challenging the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which I didn't realize is what Comcast and Charter are actually challenging. So do some research. Um, look at it. This is going to be a, a landmark case. It's going to before the Supreme Court next week, the 13th. Uh, and I think it's going to be something that is very, very important um, for not only people of color, but uh, people of the United States to look at and to to follow because depending on how that goes could have a dramatic uh, influence on how one, the, the actual civil rights are being uh, mandated moving forward, as well as broadcast companies and even podcasts like ourselves, how we're able to, to, to profit on our, uh, on our platform. So um, I know it's a little random topic to get onto at the end of a sports podcast, but thought it was very interesting for us to get into, but guys, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Obviously check us out on all social media platforms, facebook.com forward slash the Amibros. Instagram at Amibros underscore podcast and at Twitter at Amibros podcast. Also check us out on uh, any of the places where you find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google, Google play, um, as well as YouTube. And we're out. Peace.